Welcome to the show after the show. I'm Amadeus along with Eden Kendall. We are your hometown morning show on 99.9 Gator Country in Jacksonville, Florida. So we are recording this intro after we've already spoken with our special guest. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I was so intrigued once we got to talking to David Brighton, who does a show as David Bowie. Uh Uh-huh. I had no idea really what all went into pulling something like that off. I didn't know how close to David Bowie he actually is. Yeah. There was a lot to to learn here, a lot to unpack, as they say. This is one of my favorite things about doing the podcast versus what we do on our radio show, because I feel like we're learning so much more about people and things and, and there's so many interesting things out there, and I just love exploring all this stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. So David Brighton uh, is, uh, is a performance artist, musician, who does a touring David Bowie tribute show called Space Oddity. It's coming to Jacksonville on Saturday, April 1st, part of the FSCJ Artist Series production, and we got to talk to him, and it was super cool. Hi. Hi, how hey. are you? I'm good, how are you? David, thank good. you for waking up so early. You're in L.A., right? I am in L.A. I was so excited. I got up at five-something thinking, <laughs> just because I wasn't thinking straight. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Well, well, it's the time change, and it's the uh, different time zones and everything else. <laughs> it's like being in a whole other world over there. But how much traveling do you do? Because, obviously, you don't get to stay home very often. Well, we're trying to keep it down to weekends so, um, so our kids grow up to be normal. You know what's funny? A lot we have learned um, being in country radio now for about what ten or twelve years, maybe longer. A lot of the big country stars do the same thing because they like to drive their kids to school on the weekdays. They want to be at the soccer games, so they plan their tours around weekends. Yep, yep. And we didn't. It wasn't always that way, but that's what we've been trying to do the last number of years. For your kids, how old are they? If if I could ask. Well, different different members have different ages. I mean, some. Well, let me think. Well, like on average, some, for the some are some of them are in their teens. Some are a little younger. And um, how many of them know who David Bowie is, or would have oh. known if it were not for this work you're doing? Can't answer that one. <laughs> I don't know. If they, I, I mean, they, we we raised them right. <laughs> good, good, good answer. They, they probably would have known if you raised them right. <laughs> so how did you know this was something that you were going to be able to do and be very good at? Boy, I didn't. Uh, it's that's a long story. Uh, I'll I'll try to make it concise. Uh, I started out as a a, a career guitar player. Um, I played guitar for people who had you know that were label acts. Some you've heard of, some you haven't heard of, and and it's the same with all the musicians that are in our group. We've got people who've played with the original Doors and the Pussycat Dolls and Jeff Beck and. Eddie Money and Nancy Sinatra and, and I mean, as sidemen, you know what I'm saying? Gene Loves Jezebel, Dweezil Zappa, you wow. know? Um, wow. So we're all working musicians. And um, myself, uh, I was, how do I explain this? When you're a sideman or when you're doing your own music and, and you have a record deal that, and your record uh, is not selling <laughs> as big as you'd like it to be, you, you look for ways to make money. And long story short, I got a job performing as George Harrison with a spinoff of the Beatlemania show. Remember the Beatlemania oh, show? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Now, this was, uh, this was in the 
like in the later 90s, I was touring the world as George Harrison with, with productions doing uh, costume changes, you know, with Beatles, the Beatlemania show. And that's where I kind of got my entrance into this crazy world of impersonation. And I saw a show, a Las Vegas-based show called Legends in Concert, and they had Elvis and Madonna and everybody you could think of, you know, impersonators. And they didn't have a David Bowie. And the reason I thought of David Bowie was because uh, when I did have my own record deal and we we were putting out records um, and touring a bit here and there in Europe, uh, one complaint I got from the record companies was that I sounded too much like David Bowie. And even when I tried not to, they said, well, it sounds like a guy trying not to sound like David Bowie. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> wow. It just was sort of just a natural occurrence. And so, long story short, after I'd been doing George Harrison for a while in, in um, many of the, the, the Beatlemania shows, like the Fab Four and Rain, I'd worked with uh, stars of Beatlemania and various others, um, I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll take what I've learned as a Beatle and see if I can put together a David Bowie show. And between Beatlemania-style tours, I started putting that together with... Um, many of the incredible musicians that I know in Los Angeles who are, are major Bowie fans. And uh, it took us a while to actually start doing it, but that's my lengthy explanation. I didn't know if I could look like him at the time, but once um, I hired costume makers and wig makers and all that sort of stuff, I found out that there was a resemblance that I, that was kind of unsus- un- I didn't I didn't expect. Uncanny is what it is. Yeah, Eden and I both had watched some videos, and it was like, wow, if you don't really know for sure, and if the camera's back a ways, it, it actually looks like Bowie, your mannerisms and everything. Well, I've worked very hard on the mannerisms. And the funny thing is, is Bo, people from Bowie's camp, so to speak, like Mike Garson is his keyboard player of 40 years, and um, Earl Slick, who played guitar with him also for 40 years, people like that, and and. Bob Barnes' lighting designer. Uh, those people have been very supportive of our act, and actually David Bowie himself was while he was with us. They, they would talk about us on his official website and social media. And so that was very humbling that, that David himself supported us. And he, I, I also appeared in a TV commercial with him um, oh, wow. for Vitell Mineral Water, and they also used it to promote his reality CD when that came out. And so I got to work with David himself, and he was the perfect English gentleman. <laughs> it was very bizarre and surreal. I was actually going to ask, did you ever get to meet him? But that's really cool. You shot a yeah. TV camera. I mean, now you've got that forever. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And and you can see that online. It's the Vitell Mineral Water with David Bowie. And when you see uh, the different David Bowies through the decades of him, you know, as Ziggy Stardust or the Thin White Duke, in other words, you see all of his different um, personas, you know, uh, he played himself as he was in, in the 2000s and I played the others, you know. Oh, that's so cool. That's incredible. I was, I was the guy in the costumes. And it was... Uh, it was quite nerve-wracking to work with the real guy. <laughs> so, like most people um, from that time period, I was a David Bowie fan because of, well, you know, all the videos from MTV. Uh, yeah. In 87, I'm a huge Duran Duran fan. In 87, they were not touring the South. So I flew to Toronto to see uh, David Bowie's Glass Spider tour because wow. Duran Duran was opening up. And that night... I became like a massive, massive Bowie fan. He had Tony Basil doing a choreography. Peter Frampton was his lead guitarist and band leader. And the show was undescribable. 
I wish I'd been there watching it too. I mean, Peter Frampton on stage with, I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. amazing. And then the next time I saw him was with Trent Reznor on the sound and vision tour. And and that was probably 30 years later. And he was just as good, if not better than back in the eighties. The crazy thing about Bowie is he was an artist and he was always changing and always creating genres and he created genres that a lot of bands just copied one era of Bowie and made a whole career out of one of his eras, you know what I'm saying, copying him, uh, while well, he kept moving on and doing something new every year. Um, just an incredible scope and depth to his work. He, he really, truly is amazing. I listened a lot to Howard Stern, and they did that whole tribute with mm-hmm. different artists covering him. And one of the ways that uh, we always love to hear a song is a cover of a song by someone else, especially if they're doing it in a different way. And that's mm-hmm. where you, you can really hear a great song is a great song is a great song. And, and I have to think, too, that, and you can tell us, but after he passed, did, uh, did you notice an uptick in, in attendance at the shows? Was there more of a clamor to actually watch the show? Did you do anything differently? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oddly, we humans tend to appreciate things when they're gone more, unfortunately. Um, so we were, we were busy before he passed, but then after he passed, it was sort of like someone opened the floodgates and the flood never stopped. And um, which hadn't, I mean, we were thrilled to be able to, you know, celebrate this great music. Um, in more venues around the world. However, we couldn't keep up with the demand. Um, and, <laughs> and I got a taste of what it's like um, for a real, you know, real rock stars get, get so busy and you find out why they get so um, stressed and, and pro- into problematic behavior at times because the pressure is unbelievable when there's just more demand than you can keep up with. So we eventually, we, we eventually tapered it down, like I said, to doing weekends. But, but yes, and then we, we changed our show, too, um, to include, um, originally it was more of what Bowie was not doing when he was still touring. You know what I mean? We didn't want to, mm-hmm. we, we kind of wanted to cover, like he wasn't dressing up and doing Ziggy Stardust or any of that. So we were trying to do stuff that he wasn't doing. And then after his unfortunate passing, we started doing things that, that went beyond that, you know. It's so, it's so fascinating. It, it really, really is. is. It's such, a, such an art form, and, and it takes such music, you know, just a, just a musical talent to be able to pull it off in the first place. It's just amazing. It's an insane amount of work, I'll say that. If I had realized before I started it how, <laughs> in other words, with Bowie, he's a performance artist as well as a musician, and uh, I talk about him in present tense still. Sorry about that. It's just, just the way I think of it. But um, he had such a repertoire of performance skills that one has to learn how to emulate that it was just an insane, and is, it's an insane amount of work. <laughs> it's just, cool. You have to be um, uh, maybe a bit off in the head to undertake <laughs> <laughs> well, well, having seen Rain, having seen Rain when it was here in town many years ago, probably yep. you were in it. I mean, that I'm, I'm old enough to say I was probably in the 90s, but... Um, I have to say, I w- that was maybe the first tribute show I'd ever been to, and you're, it's bl- it'll blow you away how you, once you're in the moment, you're there, you're present in the moment, and it doesn't feel right. that much different than if you were at the show. I've recently seen two different Queen cover bands, because I'm a huge fan of Freddie Mercury. Which one? 
Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of them. I was sitting there like running them through my mind. They were here at a local uh, venue as well. But like okay. Eden says, both both times you get caught up in this moment because I had also recently seen Queen with Adam Lambert, and you get yeah. caught up in this moment and you kind of forget that it's not Freddie. Yeah, well, that's that's what we're trying to accomplish because. If you look at rock and roll, unlike classical music, I mean, I think rock and roll is the classical music of today, but be, but beyond that, rock was a marriage of sight and sound, you know? I mean, it started with people like Elvis and the Beatles, and it was like the way they looked and presented themselves was as big a part of the presentation as the music. And so that's why that's why the costumes, especially in the Bowie show, where the performance was mm. a huge, huge proponent of what he was doing. So... That's why we spend an insane amount of money getting replicas of his costumes made, you know. And um, as I said, I, had, I should have my head examined. But <laughs> the show is called the show's it's called a lot of fun. The show's called Space Oddity: The Ultimate David Bowie Experience. Does it go chronologically in order? Like, is it a, a start to finish of his career, or do you guys bounce around? We bounce around. Um, depending on, on what night you see us, uh, sometimes we'll start in the Ziggy Sardust era and and go through the thin white duke and the let's dance etc and other times we'll start in the middle uh, it depends on because um, we want to keep things mixed up and we want to keep um people guessing and, i was we'll, we'll switch songs up and stuff too i was thinking about for costume changes it would probably be easiest to end with ziggy stardust because you don't have to take all that makeup off and all that stuff but um it's kind of cool to know that you guys you know mix it up and keep it fresh we do, we do. And again, there's so much, and there's so many costumes that you can't do everything in, in a two-hour show. He had a 50-year career, so we cram as much as we can. <laughs> well, we don't want to keep you forever, but I have to know, just based on the excitement in your voice, do you have a connection to the a Queen tribute show? Was there one? Well, that... some good friends of mine are in a band called Queen Nation. Okay, yeah, I definitely have seen them. I think yeah, that was a, a, a local venue called Thrasher Horn. Yeah, they're great, great guys, uh, and then they're incredibly busy. Uh, and I've seen other ones as well that were very good whose names are escaping me at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, before we let you go, I have to know, because I have a favorite. Do you have, do you have a favorite David Bowie song, either to perform or just that you like to listen to? I think I have a hundred of them. <laughs> I would think that would be what you'd say, yeah. When I was young. I've got, I've got quite a few. How about if we hear yours first, and so, then I'll give you a couple when I was younger, I didn't really know much about the lyrics or anything, but John, I'm only dancing. The chorus, yeah. the chorus to that, just I used to sing it as a kid. I, I just love the chorus of that song. It's so catchy. Yeah, it's a great song. And did you know he later wrote a song called Stay, which is on the Station to Station album, which is based on that song. In other words, he, he felt like that one never caught on in America like he thought it could. And huh. You wrote a new song out of it, which is called Stay, which is also a brilliant song. Um, that's a great one. Uh, I love doing Space Oddity. Um, some people call it Major Tom. Uh, I, I don't know. There's so many, you know, changes. Changes is my favorite, but I guess that's because I'm so basic. I mean, I just know. Which one? Changes turn yeah, to great. face the strange. <laughs> that, we got to get you on stage. I know. <laughs> I know you're right now questioning your life choices because there's clearly someone so much better at it than you. I'll, I'll tell you what I also love. I love the story of fame because uh, when Duran Duran covered it, I started doing research on it, and I didn't realize how close he and um, John Lennon were. And so the whole idea around fame, I just every time I hear it, I almost 
go to tears because it's so beautiful. Well, when we isn't let, that amazing? When we let David go, we're gonna have you'll have to share this story with us. So that yeah, absolutely. To share with the rest of the class, but <laughs> but we know you got up so early, so we want to let you get your beauty sleep. So when you get to Jacksonville, <laughs> you can be the fabulous Ziggy Stardust and David Bowie and all incarnations. Well, such a pleasure and honor to speak with you both. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to seeing you. And that show is Saturday, April 1st at the, uh, at the uh, Jacksonville Center for the Performing Arts, brought to you by the FSCG Artist Series. Thanks, David. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Have a great day. Safe travels. Bye-bye. Thanks. Take care. Bye. See what I mean? It was just more, more telling than I even knew it would be. I just Me too. And learned I'm a, a lot. I'm a big fan of tribute shows, especially these artists that we've lost I yeah. love to go and just relive the music and kind of close your eyes and think you're actually seeing like Queen, like I mentioned, or even Michael Jackson or whoever. And to think about all that, you know, he's cramming 40 years of David Bowie's career into this one show and changing characters and changing costumes. And you get all these greatest hits. It's an amazing time. Not only that, but he gets to, as a very hardworking musician, experience for a couple of hours, a couple of times a week, adoration like that yeah. from the stage. I mean, that's not something every musician gets a chance to really feel like just to, it's like almost like going to fantasy camp yeah, absolutely. or something. It's anyway, so I, cool. ho- I hope somebody who was on the fence about whether or not they should go see the show has now been fully uh, pushed over to one side and will get their tickets. Once again, how do they do that? So FSCJArtistSeries.org. The show is Saturday, April 1st at the Jacksonville Center for the Performing Arts. And thanks for listening to the show after the show.